Hey, I'm, I'm, uh, what do you call it? I'm all ready for a narrative. All right, all right, sounds good. Oh, 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 awesome. Yeah, I, what do you call it? I had some Amazon, like, money, so I, what do you call I went for it. Cool, I kept, I was, I was telling Justin I watched the video that was on the page of those, uh, those Bandai figures, the U.S. Bandai figures that you posted, and, like, everybody was making fun of the guy who was uh, hosting the unboxing, where he's like, this is the very first U.S. Gundam figure in almost 10 years, you know, and everybody's like, <laughs> my ears are bleeding, why do you keep saying Gundam? Like, you know, it's like, it's like other guys are like, either he's the only one that's been saying it right this whole time, and we're all wrong, or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, but oh no. my god, I thought some that was dude funny. they like hired off the street or something. I don't know. I mean, he he seemed like he was trying to be enthusiastic about it, but you know, when he kept going, and this is just look at all the detailing on this Gundam. You know? <laughs> what is what is he from the L.A. dub? I guess something? so, man, because because that's that's how he kept talking about it, and you know, like I don't know, you have to watch the video or whatever, but like he he was just like. And and here we have the unicorn, you know, Gundam and the RX Gundam. It's weird, like you can he hear the because the 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 designers or I don't know so, somebody comes in and starts talking to them that is responsible or at least has something to do with the design of the toys or whatever or works with you know Bandai America or whatever you know. So they kept talking about the history of the what are those suits that Tony always talks about having the M I S A oh, uh, mobile suit in action. Yeah. Yeah. M S I A. Right. So, so they yep. talked about those and then, and then they're like, well, this is supposed to be like a, you know, I don't know, a natural upgrade to it in today's day and age with action figure technology. They're supposed to be like modern, you know, M S I A type figures and everything. And they've got, you know, swap out parts and, you know, the the hidden beam savers and yada, yada, yada. And they kind of talked about how the RX-78 is like, it's not, he's like, you know, we've got the line where it's faithful to the, the anime, you know, it's the anime robot Damashi stuff, but this is going to be a little more, you know, we've got a little more detailing. We tried to make it a little more modernized. So the RX-78 isn't just totally, you know, cartoony and flat type thing, yada, yada, yada. And then, and then he kept going on about, you know, Gundam Wing was the first series imported to the U.S., you know, so that's why they're trying. It seems like you, it, it kind of reminds me of when people always used to yell at Scott Needlick at Mattel for the DCUC stuff because they'd always complain that he was biased for, like, superpowers and super friends. And they're like, well, you know, I don't know that, you know, people wanted, like, I don't know, their JSA completed or, like, you know, some other comic book team completed. And they'd yell at, like, why, why are we, you know, why do we have to suffer with you know, this guy's desire to build his own collection or whatever. And like, I, I kind of got the vibe of like, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's still plenty of people that have nostalgia for Gundam wing and stuff. And, and like, it would be cool to see all five of them, you know, I guess released in a line like that. Like that's, you know, team building disease at its finest or whatever. But like, I, it just was funny when he came out and he's like, here's death psych, you know? And it's like, you could tell like they're they're If, if they're going to do anything with this line, they're going to make the five, you know, um, yeah, the five wing. Gundam wing suits for sure. You know, like if anything else, but they were they were trying to sell it as like here's, you know, the RX seventy eight and here's Unicorn, and it's like past, present, and future. And I was like, I don't know that that really makes sense, but okay. Because <laughs> uh, I'm like, I'm like, Unicorn isn't the present anymore, and it's certainly not the future anymore, even though it 
is kind of how you're referencing it, but you know. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll, maybe I'll give one of them a try. Like I already have like robot Damashi figures of most of those guys. I mean, but... I I kind of I mean I don't know. I've been like hawking some of my stuff on eBay lately to make money for this trip and all that other kind of nonsense. So I mean, part of me was thinking maybe I'd end up you know selling off some of those things, but I don't know that. Like I was telling you, if it was if it was like a Legends line with like the characters, like if I could get a yeah. a Camille or something or a Amuro or Sharp, like I'd be a little more yeah into that. Like I mean, I mean, at one it, point, yeah. at one point when I was like, oh, maybe I want to collect like you know statues or something. Like I was looking at those, you know, the, those ones, the the not not just the Gundam girls, but like they had stuff where it was like you know Rambaral and different guys, you know, like they had their own little you know PVC statue type things, and I was like, oh, those are kind of cool, you know. I oh, got you. Yeah. yeah. But Rambarol, the old man, 35 years old. Yeah, 35. <laughs> You're an old man. I'm like, shit. We, we've, oh, well, we've, I'm like, I'm speaking for myself. I'm like, I have outaged Rambarol. Yeah, I, I will be Rambarol's age in April. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, you haven't, you haven't outaged him yet. You're still doing good. So. Yeah. It's like, I got to grow a bushy mustache and, you know, put on a few more pounds, and then maybe some hot like singer girl will be into me or something. Nice, nice, yeah, yeah. You gotta get that Han in there, whatever. You yes, have, you gotta have that Han in your life. All right. I'm not going down just because of something some stupid adults are doing. Mobile suits. Monday, Monday. Camille's a man's name, and I'm a man. Uh, no carrots, please. Mobile suit? Roger that. Mobile suit. Mobile suit. Humanity did not change. Although all enemies were defeated, Earth did not change one bit. The commander? <laughs> He's lost it. <laughs> Every other day, every other day, every other day of the week is fine. Burning, burning, burning. Not gonna live. And I'll marry Ida. Mobile suits. You're a soldier here, aren't you? If you want to be more than just a grunt, you better learn to see the whole picture. Uh, yes, yes, sir. I'm the enemy, you idiot. Miss Matilda! Hey guys, welcome back to another mobile-rific episode of Fanholes Mobile Suit Mondays. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC, and I am not alone tonight. Hey, what do you want to be when you, you go to the next world, Mike? Let everybody know who's here tonight. Hey, it's Mike, and this episode of Fanholes is brought to you by Blue Cupcakes. Why are they blue? Only Grant Morrison knows, and he's pretty weird. Blue Cupcakes, <laughs> because anime. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. So, I mean, we're we're here for a pretty. I I think it's a pretty special reason. Like, we're we're here tonight to discuss the anime film 
Mobile Suit Gundam narrative or Gundam NT, which according to the creators is also short for new type. But yeah, this was this was theatrically released. It was a Fathom event. It was one night only. I saw a dub. You saw a dub? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so we both saw a dub of of Gundam narrative and I was kind of excited. I was taking little pictures of the 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 little history lesson placards that they were showing you before the film started and everything. You know, they kind of were going through all the different series trying to get you up to speed and I think the the film itself did a did a pretty good job of that too. Yeah. I thought, you know, like they they definitely touched base with all the different, you know, all, all the different, you know, eras of the Universal Century. But this is set in the Universal Century. I mean, I guess, I guess, but you know, I I think we just kind of want to get into it. But just just for people, just just so we can give them something, I'll go ahead and read this kind of brief write up that's over on the Gundam wiki. Mobile Suit Gundam Narrative is an anime film that takes place a year after the events of Mobile Suit Gundam Unicorn. UC-0097, one year after the opening of Laplace's box. Despite the revelation of the Universal Century Charter that acknowledges the existence and rights of new types, the framework of the world has not been greatly altered. The conflict, later dubbed the Laplace Incident, is thought to have ended with the downfall of the Neo-Zeon remnants known as the Sleeves. In its final battle, two full Psycho-Frame mobile suits displayed power beyond human understanding. The White Unicorn and the Black Lion were sealed away to remove this danger from people's consciousness, and they should now be completely forgotten. However, the RX-0 Unicorn Gundam 3, which disappeared two years earlier, is now about to show itself in the Earth Sphere once more. A golden phoenix named Phoenix. So yeah, and I guess this was released in Japan November 30th, 2018, but Mike and I saw it this Tuesday, right? It was the, what, the 19th? Yeah, Tuesday of, night, yeah, yep. Yeah, February 2019 on the 19th. So yeah, we're, we're, we're dating this, but that's okay. It's, it's historical. Like, it's, I don't know, I, I, I did think it was cool. I was like, I, I, I don't know if I am more favorably inclined to praise this just because I got off on the fact that this is the first time I got to see, like, Gundam in the theater. Like, I, I don't know. What, what do you think about that? I'm, like, I, I mean, you know, kind of jumping, you know, putting the horse before the cart or whatever, cart before the horse. Like, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, like, I, I kind of like this, but I, I saw... I don't know, I, w- I was telling Justin the other night, I saw this really crappily written, you know, non-journalistic article where it was on, like, comicbook.com where they're like, Twitter hates Gundam NT narrative or whatever. And then there were, like, you know, ten screenshots of people going, this movie's lame, bro. <laughs> you know, or whatever. And I was just like, <laughs> what? Like, so, wait. And I was kind of like, you know, Twitter clearly doesn't like it. So that, that dooms Gundam in, in the U.S. from now on because everybody hated this movie. And I'm like, what, ten people out of the seven billion that are on the planet didn't like it? Like, what? But I don't know. I, I was just going to say, I like it. Twitter is canon. Yeah, Twitter is canon. So so maybe maybe that's true. But I, I was kind of, I felt kind of, anti that you know like i i enjoyed watching it i had a good time like so sometimes i go to these fathom events like i'm like Shh, don't tell anybody but sometimes i go to these fathom events and watch anime and like i kind of tune out like i kind of get a little old man sleepy where i'm like not 
even though it's supposed to be like super actiony and stuff like like it's kind of like you know the combination of pokemon colors and, and, and images like put old man derek to sleep but having said that this was not one of those instances like i was completely engaged the whole time and maybe it's just because i'm a big fan of the franchise and i was kind of pumped and excited to see it in the theaters but i i guess what my question is to you is do you, do you think i'm biased like not not in the sense of like yeah i'm biased because i'm a gundam fan but like you think I, i'm just giving this film the benefit of the doubt because i was excited to see it in a theater or do you think like what's your thought like is is twitter really canon like did you not like this film or did you like it well first off in general i liked it i guess if you're biased i guess i'm biased too because like i was you know i was really excited to see it and like i guess like it didn't strike me like the significance of it like until like after i watched it because for some reason I assumed that this was going to be like another sort of thing like the origin or Gundam Unicorn where oh, it was like okay. a, like an hour long thing and like you know there would be going to be another one like next year but like once like at a certain point I was kind of like oh wait this is like self-contained like this is a full length movie or whatever like and like once once I realized that like I kind of like was more impressed I guess, like, because then I was like, oh, well, this kind of puts it in, like, you know, the rarefied company of, like, Gundam F91 and yeah. Awakening of the Trailblazer and Char's, Char's Counterattack. Counter yeah. So I was like, oh, so I was like, okay, well, this is, that's kind of impressive then. I mean, how, what, were there a lot of people in your theater, or? There, there were, I mean, like, in a lot of these things, it's never, I mean, it's never a packed house, like, like, but, I mean, it was certainly more than, like, the, the last couple things I can think of besides having gone and seen Super Broly, which probably had about the same amount of people that this had, like, I, I'd say the theater was, you know, a third full, you know what I mean? Like, not, not yeah, completely was, full, but, like, maybe... My, my theater had, like, maybe 50 people in Yeah, it, like, say. like, I'd say, like, maybe a third of the house, you know, like, 20 or 30 people, something like that, you know? And, and, but I, I guess comparing it to something other than that, like, I, I want to say, like, the last couple of the, the Digimon Tri films I went and saw in the theater, like, I'd be lucky if there were three to seven people in the theater, including myself, and, like, the other thing I could think of that I watched in the theater was the, the Mazinger, like, anime film that had just come out or whatever, and that, too, was also, like, very... You know, I don't know, five or six people, you know, like, not a lot of people, so, so in comparison to those, like, yeah, there, there were a lot more people there, there was some dude who had, like, a, like, an actual, like, RX-78, like, mask or something that he brought with him <laughs> to the thing, and he was, like, wearing it. There was a guy a couple rows ahead of me who was wearing, like, a Federation, like, you mm, know, mm. so, like, 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 I, 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 I immediately understood that, like, I, I was in a crowd of, like, Gundam fans, because, like uh, when all the um, those historical slides you were mentioning came up, like people were kind of murmuring in the audience, and you know, someone like when Zeta s slide came up, someone said, "Yeah, that's the best one." Like, oh, you know. awesome, awesome. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know that I heard a shit ton of commentary on the slides, but but you saying that reminds me of like during the course of the film, you know, before before Michelle like like slaps Jonah, like the whole audience was like. Bright flip, bright flip, bright flip, bright flip. <laughs> like, 
you know, like they, they totally I, I, knew it was coming, and then when it came, everybody was like, oh, bright light, yeah. you know. Did, did, I assume you got that, like, behind-the-scenes thing, right? Yeah, Before yeah, movie, yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, the whole, the biggest laugh in the entire night oh, was oh, when, oh, they, was when the they showed Amaro, Amaro getting bright slapped. Yeah, so, like, yeah. Like, everyone in the audience, like, laughed at that. You know, I was going to ask you about that. Like, what were your thoughts on that? Like, I felt like it, it's weird. It's like one of those Catch-22s. It's like, I get it, because sometimes that in some of these Fathom events, they wouldn't show those until after you screen the movie, which, to me, makes sense and is fair, because they have clips from the movie, so you'd think, like, you wouldn't want to spoil the movie before you screen it. But then I could see their point of, is anybody going to stick around for this thing if you don't put it up front, like, type thing, too? So, I, I don't know. Like, what what are your thoughts on that kind of thing? Like, would you prefer that be at the end of the film, or did you not care that it was up front? Yeah, I mean, like, there was... They could have been less specific about things sometimes. Like, when the, the English dub voice actors were kind of talking about, oh, there's this scene in the movie where my character does this. And, like, you know, then they show the clip of it. And we're like, we're about to see this. There's no need to, you know, yeah, show the entire yeah, clip. Yeah, I, I, well, that, that's why I thought, like, I mean, something like that, if that's going to be the content of it, like, you're like, you really should put this at the end of the screening, not at the beginning, you know? And you could just, you could put, like, some kind of placard, like, oh, hey, bros, you know, after we screen this film, there's going to be some special bonus content, so stay after the credits, you know, and then you start the film, right? I mean, how hard is that? Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I get it, yeah. Like, there's, again, it's, like you said, like, there's, there's good reasons to do it, and then there's also, like, I don't know, maybe they could have had an, in, like, you know, met, met people halfway and just been a little less like detailed I yeah guess. yeah that's true that's true i mean it could have been generalized i mean it it was it was also like the little placards i mean some of that was a good primer of hey if you're if you're not completely in the know on what the universe century is you know here are the creators of this film describing how it's kind of equivalent to star trek and star wars in japan and how it's a long-running series and like none of us that are long-term fans mind you going through like the history of like you know here's here's the original mobile suit gundam you know here's some clips from zeta here's some clips from you know char's counterattack. here's some clips from unicorn and now you're you're caught up to where we want you to be caught up in the universal century timeline you know like you're you're all above board as far as that goes and it's like that's fine y you know what else i was going to ask is and and you you may or may not have an answer to this and because i'm a lazy fuck i didn't i didn't read any of this before we, we started talking about it but do you know much about the the novelization of gundam narrative no not really like I, I, all, all I, all I really knew before going into this was that the Phoenix had like shown up in a manga and like in some video games, and then like I, I, like, and I knew this was based on some, yeah, like novelization or manga, but that's about. I didn't have any specifics. So I, I mean, I did look up like there, there are summaries of the novel online. The summaries were really long, and Justin's going to beat me up, but I couldn't even read the summaries. It's like, ugh, too many words. <laughs> like, too long, too long. But but I, I was sitting there kind of looking at it, and the main reason why I wanted to look it over, and I did sort of peruse it, was there, there was a line from, I want to say it was either one of the screenwriters or director or something like that, and they made some comment, and uh, maybe I was misunderstanding it, but in that beginning piece, there was some comment that I, I thought that they were saying that Rita was not a character in the novel. And like, 
when I'm looking at the summary, I'm like, yes, she fucking is. Or at least unless the summary is lying to me. So I was like, I, I, I don't know. I, I was just trying to figure out, like, are there big differences between the novel and the anime film or not? You know, like, I, I it seemed like they were trying to make it out like there were some. But I, I guess, you know, without me, you know, going through this summary with a fine tooth and comb and, and trying to figure it out, like, I, I don't immediately see anything. I imagine there are, because, like, I've actually read the first, like, five or six Unicorn novels. Oh, okay. That they tra- and then they stopped, like, I couldn't find any more translated after that. But, yeah, like, the story is, that story is, like, you know, ba- some of the things are basically the same, but they, they alter a lot of stuff in it. And so I'd assume that narrative is the same, so. But uh, I was going to ask you, like, speaking of, uh, you know, getting familiar with the universal century and stuff. Did you feel like this movie like made an effort to like, you know, be new user friendly kind of, you, you know, what was funny was a lot of those Twitter comments seemed to indicate that it didn't. And that that's why it was going to fail. Like if this was a new start for Gundam, like they, they, they screwed the pooch on it, but like, I, I don't know, like, I, I felt like it, 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 this was kind of in a between a rock and a hard place. It's like, you know, in that beginning intro, I think one of the, the creators says something to the effect of, if you're going to start watching Gundam, start from the beginning, but we'd like you to also use this as a spring point, too, to move forward if you like to, if you would like to. And, like, I think I think the fact that this was sort of in in and of itself... It's like, it can be viewed as a standalone film, but if you know the series that came before it, like, I mean, the, the only thing, the only thing that, you know, and I, I, I feel like this is, you know, jumping ahead to the end, and, and I should just preface this with, obviously, if you haven't seen this yet, like, spoilers, like, don't, don't listen to this if you want to be surprised by things, because we're probably going to talk about key points of the film just like this this promo that we watched beforehand that talked about key points of the film before we watched it. So if you don't want to be spoiled, like, you know, listen to this later or whatever. Like, you can come back to this. It'll still be here, you know, when when you've watched it or whatever. But having said that, I mean, I kind of feel like the whole Banager thing at the end, like... Like yeah, there's there, kinda... there, there's no there's no way to appreciate that if if you've not seen Unicorn right like I mean you, you and then and then the other thing is like the the Maneva scenes like you you could I mean you don't have to have seen Unicorn and you don't have to have seen Double Zeta or anything like that to like necessarily appreciate those scenes for what they are on their own but if you have seen those other things. There's, there's an added layer to it. Uh, I was specifically going to say, it seemed like they went further in any Gundam thing I've ever seen to explain exactly what new types can do. Yeah, And yeah. why, like, what all the phenomena from, like, Unicorn was and, like, exactly what happened. Yeah, I I kind of felt like, I mean, I, I know you're saying, you know, this, this was sponsored by Blue Cupcakes and everything, but, like, I, I felt like they, they tried to make as lucid an explanation of new type phenomena as as you could get like because you know the the, the locket that they share the three pieces of the locket I was kind of like oh like that's the T sphere you know what I mean like that's <laughs> I, 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 I sort of had like a little bit of like enlightenment as far as this 
interpretation of, of new type abilities because I was like, oh, and the reason why it works the way it does is because all three of them are, you know, it's like the three souls are, you know, I was like, oh, it's like, you know, a father, son, the Holy Spirit, or, you know, whatever you want to attribute to it. It's like got that spiritual aspect. It's got the, you know, the force, the mystical aspect, you know, like Star Wars or whatever. But then there's also that kind of, you know, science-y type thing where it's like, oh, well, the, the reason why they, they acquire these abilities is to function better in space because they're space noids or, or whatever. Although I think it's funny how, like, all, all these, like, awesome godlike new types are never the people that are out in fucking space. They're always these people that are on Earth to start with, you know, and I'm just kind of like, how does that work? I thought the whole point was, like, the bodies were adapting to space, but it doesn't exactly seem to, to crunch out that way when you when you look at the actual content of the story and everything. But, I, you know, I, I, I feel like there, there was a sense of enlightenment as far as that goes, and I agree with you. Like, they did try to to really, I mean, as as much as a series can, like, they, they did really try to spell out, like, what that means and what they could do. I mean, I almost thought, like, th- th- this may, I mean, I could see some fans getting, you know, butthurt over, y- y- you know how we talk about how Thunderbolt had mobile suits that are of a more modern super robot type, like see Destiny or you know whatever example you want to use yeah. in in the Universal Century timeline, and it doesn't quite gel. And I I kind of could see somebody voicing the complaint that like the level of you know I mean the whole plot of this is is defying death, right? Like like that that new types can transcend death because of their you know it's kind of pointing to like like it uh, for for lack of a better term. It's kind of like if in the Star Wars universe somebody realized what force projection was, you know, the whole Obi-Wan, you know, ghost Obi-Wan, ghost, you know, Qui-Gon, ghost, you know, Yoda and all that other stuff. And, And their whole quest was like, we need to, you know, mass produce that on a large scale so nobody has to die. You know, all all the Ewoks that died in the Battle of Endor will now be force projected. You know, everybody who died on the sail barge is going to be force projected. Like we're gonna we're gonna solve the ills of the universe by you know everybody who was killed on Alderaan is gonna be force projected and happy or whatever. And 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 that's what it sounded like. The 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 crux of. The, the plot revolved around and and I kind of was like there's part of me that finds that explanation interesting and and that it works with what we've previously seen but then you, you kind of start to wonder like how that fits into the overall canon and and how you know it's like, it's like one of those toys where you can just just like kind of like unicorn and and Laplace's box like you can you can bust it out for that little side story but then you have to sort of like tuck it away and sweep it under the rug because you know you've got you know F91 and 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 victory and some of this other stuff coming later down the road yeah it's a, like you can kind of look at this and you know F91 is only what like 20 more years from this point mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think like doesn't it take place in like 120 or something like yeah, that yeah something, something like that so it's like you know you have you know the unicorn the fenix you know they they can like do all this psychic shit and stuff well it's it's almost you know what it reminds me of it's like especially at the end when the fenix like kind of goes into destroy mode like and has the big energy wings it kind of reminded me of turn a like sorta so 
I, I was kind of like, whoa, it's like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years, thousands of years, maybe too early for this almost. But yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. But I guess you have to assume everything was lost in between now and then. But Well, well, like, like I was kind of shocked by the, the revelation that, like, the Phoenix was piloted by a ghost. Like, I mean, yeah, that, that, that seems was, yep. that that seems almost as shocking as like the the whole aliens in Awakening of the Trailblazer thing yeah. where people are like are 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 we willing to have like aliens and ghosts in our quote unquote real robot genre? Like is that is that a step too far, you know, type thing? Like and and, and like part of me is kind of like, well, if you're really embracing this this new type philosophy or this this new type archetype like you're, you're kind of like well i guess that kind of i mean I, I guess if you really think about it everybody who ever helped camille and amaro i mean i mean essentially like i mean we don't want to think of it that way but like i guess i never thought of lala as a ghost but i guess you could right yeah. like like she's she's a you know a friendly ghost helping out Amuro, right? Like, or sort all, of? All, yeah, like, all the ghosts who, like, you know, combine with Camille to do the super yeah, wave yeah. rider. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that how way. you took it. And I guess I guess I never thought of them that way before, but actually, having seen this, like, I, I kind of looked back and went, oh, okay, I guess that makes sense. But then, then it's kind of like, I guess you've never had the leap of, like, it's not like Lala was, like, you know, piloting the Sazabi or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. that that might be the, the bridge too far for some people, I suppose. I thought, like, like early on they hint at, like, where they're like, how is, you know, the Fenix moving so fast? The pilot wouldn't be able to survive, like, at those speeds and stuff. And I thought, you know, it was going to be something horrific. Like, she, like, Rita was, like, sort of, like, fused into the cockpit as a, like, living, like, corpse or something. Or, yeah, something like that. But, yeah, no, it flat out turns out that the Fenix's cockpit is empty and it's being animated by her, like, you know, new type ghost spirit or whatever so you know uh, i kind of you know like at the end of unicorn where like the unicorn like you know it's psycho frames crystallize and it like goes into that super like mode riddy kind of says banager's evolved into a like new form where he's kind of merged with the unicorn so i thought that might be the mm. case with the phoenix okay. but yeah like you said it's like flat out nope like it's a ghost like a ghost was flying it it's like it's like la la la's cosmic Dust was 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 piloting, you know, the suit, or you know, in this case, it's Rita. But yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, I I mean, I yeah, I don't I don't I don't know exactly how I feel about it. I mean, I think I was willing to let it slide for the standalone nature of the film and the fact that I was excited about the film. I mean, I, I suppose you could pick holes in it and kind of go, well, this is this is kind of weird or whatever. But like. I, I still think it worked within the context of the story. Like, like I, I mean, I, as long as there's not, like, 20 million more, you know, stories about, you know, ghost new-type pilots or whatever, yeah. like, in this one-off instance, like, that was kind of, that to me, that yeah, was fine. Like, Yona, Yona is not actually, like, a real, like, developed new-type either. So it seems like once... You know, the Phoenix kind of flies away at the end, and Banajra says, like, you're not going to catch it, but, you know, maybe one day you will or something, you know, or one day you'll catch up to her. So, you know, it's kind of like, well, you know, if we don't want to deal with this again, it's, like, gone, like, whatever. <laughs> I, I also, th this is probably a shout-out to Justin as well when he finally listens to this, but I, I kind of felt like 
like Rita and Michelle were like the the Betty and Veronica in this film, sort <laughs> of, you know. And I I and 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 you know without revealing the names of the innocent, I was I was thinking of Betty's and Veronica's in my own life and kind of going, oh yeah, I've had I've had Michelles where they yell and scream at you and abuse you and take advantage of you and this and that and the other thing. And then you know you've had the the unattainable Ritas who are you know something that you you strive to to be a better person to to be with but maybe you you are not quite at that level yet you know and things are just kind of out of your reach and so much so out of your reach that in this case she's a she's goddamn new type ghost so that you know it's like well yeah and, and it's funny but i was just like yeah one day you might reach her it's like what does he have to do fucking get killed and be a new type dust like <laughs> jesus like that's that's i mean i know they're trying to end it on sort of a happy uplifting note but there there is that aspect to it where you're like oh this is all kind of gloom and doom no matter which way you slice it you know it was still like a like a, even if it's weird like i think it was you know it worked dramatically yeah like i yeah. think you know when the when he when he loses the narrative and he like you know rita opens the cockpit of the phoenix and he gets in and he's like you know and then the pendant like combines again and he's like you know i'm gonna become a bird too rita like, well like, that, that that was... to me that was like like it's funny because 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 you you were talking about how you know the 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 end scene where everybody's like you know pumped or whatever and and like to me i'm like what you just described like not not only was it fan aura like to me it's like it had the element of like you know seed fan aura or like you know like when when rodimus holds the matrix at the end of transformers the movie and like no power blast can touch him but then it also had the 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 locket combining together to do the t-spear nonsense so i was like dude this is like the first appearance ever of blue cupcakes fan aura like like not not only is it fan aura but it's like weird ass fan aura like and it's all it's like weird shit comes together and then all of a sudden it gives you fan aura like out of nowhere so you're like yeah. dude I'm I'm badass but it's kind of it's kind of weird how I got to that point you know I liked like the whole like end bit where he kind of uses the Phoenix's like new type power or his and Rita's new type power to like prevent the explosion from like rippling across whatever the sides or whatever it was going to do like and like that was pretty impressive but again it's it's kind of like a thing yeah when you know when future series are like hey remember that you know when that i feel like all these like instances like should have more of an impact on the world of universal essentially yeah, yeah. but they keep like you know you know either i bet people get like cover it up or it doesn't like the word doesn't spread or whatever like you know so, because you know, and we know it doesn't spread because F nine, the world of F nine one, is a very kind of different place. So, I mean, it's it's interesting because you see you see how the sleeves, at some point, like start to look like the the crossbone vanguard and stuff like that. I mean, even some of the suits have that that familiarity in a way. But I, yeah. I guess. Arist like aristocracy like yeah yeah yeah. yeah it, yeah it's 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 weird because i felt like that was kind of shoehorned into this like where I, I or at least in that opening kind of featurette like some of the the creators were kind of like oh yeah gundam's always been about the the haves and the haves not and i was like really like i i mean i i can i can get that in the context of f91 that it led to that point but like 
I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't think everybody on the planet Earth and everybody in the Federation is out to look down on space noids, and I, I don't think all space noids, you know, are all about you know revolting from planet Earth either. Like, I mean, there's that aspect to it. You know, there, there's the aspect of the historical revolution where if you look at it, you know, but then there's also the aspect of it where, you know, like, it's like you could easily compare the the Zeon movement to the American revolution, but in the same breath, I mean, you can also look at it and, and, and see parallels to Nazi German, you know, like, like historically speaking, you know, and it's, so it's like, it's like one of those things where it's, it, it takes different things from history that we've seen, but like, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it just seemed like that some of the creators made it out to be too simplistic, you know, where it's like, oh, the Federation are the one percent, and and the poor space noids are just, you know, fighting back. But I'm like, but your protagonist is part of the Federation. Like they foresaw being attacked by a, you know, having a colony dropped on them. Like that's not the act of of the oppressed. Like not to me anyway. Like you don't. I mean, a colony drop is <laughs> yeah. not. You know, that, that that's not a protest. That's a flat out act of war. You know, like that's that, there's a difference between those two things. It's not like oh yeah, we you know we're being mistreated. So so you know we're sitting here you know standing up for our civil rights. Like no, that that that's flat out like okay, we're going to war now. Like we're we we killed a you know an entire continent of people on the planet Earth. You know, like I don't know. Anyway, I, I, I did think that was kind of kind of a strange setup to it. And and I guess I, I can see why you would want to get there given where you end up in F ninety one, where you know you've got that nobility or you know, aristocracy and stuff like that. But the funny part about that is those people are space noids. Like i I mean, it sounded like what the creators were talking about was that you know, you know, the, the, the notion, you know, Char's notion that that the Earth sphere w- would always be made up of elites, and the only way to sort of knock sense into them is to fucking do colony drops and all this other shit. Otherwise, they won't wake up to the reality of of the universe and the human situation on the whole. But it's like to me, it seems like there's always going to be an aristocracy on whatever end you're... You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think it's as simple as, like, you know, black and white or space noid and, and, and earth earthling. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think there's going to be good and bad people and people that abuse the system within any of those contexts, you know? So, like, I... I and th- that's something I've always liked about Gundam, like, that it was never simple and black and white. It was always, like, you could look at one side or the other, you know, you could get an all quiet on the Western Front feel and see something from, the, you know, the quote unquote enemy team's point of view. You know, you could you could see somebody like Ramba Rawl and kind of go, oh hey, you know, he's not such a bad guy. You know what I mean? Like, and and I think I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess this might be a good opportunity to to sort of delve into like some of the the I guess you'd call them the the, the villains or the antagonistic characters yeah, like and everything. I, I was gonna bring that up, like the Neo Zeon like presence in this movie because I don't know, like I think it might have been the only part of this movie that I thought was kind of weak. 
And like, well, first of all, I'm 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 kind of every time like there's a new installment in the UC that's like still like in this era, I guess. I'm I'm always kind of like, well, how much more like neon neo Zeon are like are there? Mm. Like, who's like, you know, after Char's like even after Double Zeta, it's like okay, well, Haman's dead, and then like you know Char's counterattack. Okay, well now Char's dead. And then Unicorn, it's like, okay, well, they made a clone of Char, and he's leading them, and now he's dead. And then in this movie, they have, I think the guy's name is Zoltan. Yeah, that's right. And they kind of, pre- they present him as kind of like a, uh, like, failed, like, cyber new type, or someone they were going to make into the, like, the new full frontal or, full, like, figurehead or whatever, but he's too unstable, so they don't. And I'm kind of like, whoa, like, wh- where did these guys come from? And then... You know, they have another like Neo Zeong and like I'm like, where are you getting all this stuff? Like what 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 is you know, I I, I thought Neo Zeon had been defeated or at least like curtailed like for the moment. Like where where are all these resources coming from? Like but I don't know, and Zoltan in general is just kind of like there's not a lot of depth to him. Like he's kind of a psychopath and like, you know, the only measure of depth to him is he kinda has like a like like he's insecure he has like an inferiority complex because he was like you know he failed to become like the new figurehead they wanted and um i don't know it seems like they gave him command of this unit just to sort of like make use of him but i i don't know like he he i feel like the neo zeon presence in this movie was just i don't know just to have something to hit basically for you know because you know the main the main plot is basically trying to re- retrieve the phoenix and you know they kind of have to have another party involved so it's actually like a competition to like retrieve it and like i, I don't know it's like well the neo zeon are here and, well i mean you know, I, I think part of it is that conversation between the neva and and the guy from you know whatever that guy is that's financing the 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 these sleeves essentially right like because he's the one like he's the serpent in the 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 den right because you know i was just going on the tirade about how it didn't matter if you're a space noid there's still going to be people that try to you know abuse and 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 there's corruption you know wherever you go right like no no matter you know you can't make it as black and white as you know one side is pristine and lily white and has no corruption and the other side is all bad right and and so you've got this guy and and you're like for all intents and purposes you know minerva or is 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 conceivably a good and just ruler but yet she's constantly got to play this chess game with this other guy she can't just outright have him executed she can't just outright have him assassinated or killed but yet she's always on her toes and has to like keep tabs on this guy and she knows what he's up to and he knows that she knows she knows what he's up to but yet they'd still play this kind of chess game and everything and it seems like i mean i to me i would think the answer to your question is like that branch of the government that the left hand that doesn't know what the right hand is doing like they're the ones funding this operation like that's where they're getting the resources from and it's like but it's like but that that's why they're on this whole kick of it can't be traced back to us and and all this other nonsense and it's like what does he get out of it well i think you know like the backstory for these kids like that you know just like the titans you know that section with the titans where they thought about mass producing 
cyber new types, you know, like, I think that's where their heads are at at this point. Like, they don't, you know, they they don't want to wait for things to come naturally. They think they can just, you know, I don't know, have a, have a chicken farm and just make these fat fucking new type cyber (laughs) chicken people that just go out and like rain death and destruction. But what they're finding is, you know, it's like, it's like, that's why there's all this blowback about, oh, you gotta, you gotta eat free range chickens. You know, it's like, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta make free range new types, you know, like they, they can't be injected with all kinds of nonsense and, and built up because then, then they end up like this guy Zoltan or they end up like Kuru 2 or, 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 uh, uh, what's her face? Um, um, I can't think of her, you know, psycho Gundam chick, you know? Yeah. And, And so they end up like that, you know? And it's like, oh, well you can't, you can't mass produce them like that because they all turn out to be Frankenstein's monsters and stuff, you know. So, I mean, I, I don't know. That 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 was kind of my take on it. Like, I I, I sort of agree. Like that that I, I can see the criticism of why that character is potentially like has a limited amount of dimension to him. You know that that. It, but uh, you know, I mean, I I do think. He, he does have the element of it feels good to watch him get hit in the face or like kind of get choted, you know, at times, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, cause, cause, cause there's, there's a level of arrogance to him. And, but then there's also that level of, of relatability where I, I, I think there's people that, you know, I mean, probably everybody's had a failure at some point in their life. So they can kind of, I, I would think you could kind of relate to that. It's just, he, he goes a bridge overboard. Do you know what I mean? Like, like it's like it's one thing to have a failure and relate to somebody and go, yeah, that kind of sucks. Like, you, you know, the, like people look down on you because you, you didn't live up to, to the expectations that were thrust on you, and that's that's too bad. But then when he starts going and shooting up the colony and and, and doing all this kind of crazy stuff, and then he, he blows away pretty much his own ship and all this other stuff, then then you know you, you're less inclined to find him relatable. But the more he does that, you're more inclined to want to see Yuna, you know, kick his ass. So, I, I mean, I, I think in, in that sense, like, it, it worked fine for me. Like, I mean, I, I can see why he's he, he he's not going to go down in history as, like, you know, top ten, you know, Gundam bad guys ever, you know, or anything like that. But, you know, it's it's fine. Like, I mean, I, there's, I think there's also the aspect of if you like, you know, a Cletus Cassidy or a a Joker type character like th- this character is that kind of transposed onto like you know it, it it's it's like it's like if if like Damian Wayne was a Char clone and he was just batshit crazy kind of thing you know like that's that's kind of what Zoltan's like. <laughs> I kind of felt bad for that cute Zeon girl who was probably like charged with riding herd on him and mm. she just ends up shot in the head yeah, basically yeah. by him so but. Yeah, no, no, I, I see what you're saying. I just, I guess when I was, like, I was assuming this was going to, like, go on as a series, so I was kind of like, well, he didn't have much to him, but, you know, as a, I guess as a movie villain, he's, he's you know, serviceable. Yeah, like, yeah. In the, but I don't know, I just kind of, like, even, like, you know, Iron Mask and F-91 had, like, a more dimensions to yeah, him, I think, yeah. so, like, in, in his limited time, so I felt, you know... It, like like you said, it, it's a good comparison to like Cletus Cassidy or you know, so, or the Joker. They, you know, they just want to see the world burn. Yeah, basically. yeah. That's that was kind but, of the vibe I got. It's yeah. like 
I, I, I was laughing because, like, you know, they're trying to control him, kind of. You know, when the Neo Zeong enters the colony, like, she's kind of like, like, Zoltan, can you get in that thing and, like, pilot it back to the ship? Like, and I'm like, and I'm like, no, don't let him get back in it. Like, like, I, I don't know. Like, even though, like, it, the fight was over, I'm kind of like, it, you, you, you thought, thing, you thought like, he might get back in and keep trying to blow up the colony yeah, some exactly. more? Like, blow up the colony some more. Like, what are you doing? Like, no, like, it's kind of like going with your analogy it's kind of like you know if the carnage symbiote was like going around killing people and you were like you know cletus like go control the symbiote like like stop it from well, killing well, people. what what i thought was kind of funny in that context is it's like it's like it's like peter parker bonds with the carnage symbiote and cletus is over there going no what are you doing bro you're supposed to be with me ah! you know like he's like <laughs> flipping out over it and everything and it's like it's kind of funny like i mean th- some of that stuff i was kind of amused by like where where you're like you're not supposed to fuse with him like why are you doing that like ah, it's supposed to be me and i'm supposed to like murder a bunch of people with you like what are you doing you know like so I, you know i mean i i i kind of i i found him you know interesting enough but but like i said i could see how there, there's a you know i mean it's 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 like watching like a i don't know like a bond villain or something i mean they, they you know it's not it's not super duper layered or anything but i i still think that's yeah. fine trying to uh, i guess i'll shift gears here i did like you know banager and like zinnerman showing up like mm. and i feel like you know minerva sent them like into the mix to like you know like like you said she knew that that guy was like you know screwing with things like and it was probably beyond her power to fix like politically so yeah kind of you know sent zinnerman and banager to like deal with it kind of and like i like i know he he only has a like you know he kind of does a saving throw and like helps yona you know beat the neo zeong but you know it was nice to see him again like like because he didn't you know the last time we saw him was he was like merging with the unicorn and he finally like got back to himself at the end so it was nice to see he's i guess um it's it's kind of like unfortunately like like much like like when we we talked about a crossbone it's like much like seabook and like cecily it's like like maneva and benajer are in danger of becoming like kara and lacus or something Mm. like because you know they're just kind of you know the princess and her like unbeatable like Mary Sue like boyfriend or whatever. Like, <laughs> I, I I hope not, but yeah. Yeah, but but no, like it was it was it was still cool to see Benajer, and I liked that the the suit he was using is called the Silver Bullet, and it it appeared briefly in the last episode of Unicorn. It was flown by you know you remember the guy who was like Benajer's father's like like retainer or bodyguard or whatever. Okay. Uh, like in like he was using that suit and then like Benajer kind of saves his life and then like Benajer's using that suit in this because like the unicorn is like out of action at the moment but like the funny part was and I noticed this like only the unicorn can use the beam magnum cuz it has such a powerful kick so like when he does his beam magnum shot like when it like it, it kind of shorts out the arm and then you see, like, that suit has a bunch of replacement arms on the back, and, like, an, like it replaces the arm once he <laughs> uses, like, a beam magnum shot. So I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Like, yeah. he, just has, he has a backpack just full of replacement arms. I, I like how the, the guys that are part of the whole Shazar unit or whatever, like, I, I think one of the lines that made me, like, laugh out loud, I guess maybe because my age or whatever, but... 
I I was laughing at this guy Franco, like he's he's one of the you know pilots or whatever, and and so he's he's talking to his commander Iago, and like they're they're talking about like the the concept of you know extending life after death because they've they've just been revealed all this info and all that other kind of stuff and it's like would you really would you really want to do that and he's sitting there thinking you know geez how many more years left do i have in me to be a mobile suit pilot and then he says then i think about it and, and then i think oh geez can i really do 10 more years of this like before i retire and like that made me laugh because it's like it's like there's that aspect of being a human being where you're like, oh, I want to live forever, but then there's also the aspect where you're like, fuck, how much longer do I have to do this shit? You know, yeah. like, and so that kind of that kind of made me, it, I, I actually laughed out loud during that scene, but it's like one of those things where, you know, I'm like the only guy laughing in the theater or whatever, you know? <laughs> it's like, I can relate to that just a little too much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was pretty good. Like, I liked all those guys, like the, the Shazar team, like, and, you know, they... You know, you always have the older and the older ace like type guy who like mentors the kid. Yeah. yeah. And, like I, I was happy he didn't die because it kind of looked like he was gonna die like towards the end there. But but yeah, like I, I liked you know like I said I I think like the, mo- the cast was all pretty strong like like uh, I I think like Michelle like despite kind of being a bitch at the beginning was like kind of redeemed herself by the end and like I I liked her like assistant I think his name is Brick like the glass the kid with the glasses yes yeah. yes y- you know what I was going to say about that like can I can I just reveal this is one of those like anime things that like where I I got super confused like at some point like you know when they first showed all three kids at the beginning like, I thought young Michelle was young Brick for, like, maybe the first 20 oh. minutes of the movie. because oh, he had glasses? Yeah, and I was just like, I was like, oh, wait, you mean it's not a girl and two boys? And then, and then, and then I was like, oh, wait, I get it. It's, it's Michelle. And I, 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 I just, I didn't get that at first. Like, I thought. I thought it was supposed to be that guy Brick, and then I realized, like, oh wait, I'm totally wrong. So, yeah, it's just his hair just turned gray. And yeah, his, yeah, like, I just I, well, I, I was like, I was like sitting there thinking, oh well, I thought the gray was supposed to be like purple because it looked to me like it was a little purple-haired boy with glasses. And then, and then, as I kept watching it, I went, oh wait, no, that's supposed to be Michelle. Okay, sorry. I'm like I fucked that up, but like that was just all you know in my own head. But I'm just I'm I'm allowing the listeners and yourself to to peer into my stupidity or whatever. But there there was that there was that that period where I was just like, is that? And I thought I was like I thought that was a little boy, and I was like, oh, I was totally wrong. I, it wasn't a little boy. It was it was a little girl. Yeah, and like like I think like her relationship with Brick kind of like. You know, it, it inf- kind of informs you that, like, Michelle isn't... Like, even after you find out, like, what Michelle did to, like, sell Yona and Rita out and stuff, I feel like, you know, Brick kind of says, like, look, like, you know, she's a good person. Like, you know, you, you gotta, you know, she she actually cares about you. And, you know, it. I, I don't know, like, his testimony of her, like, I think lent a lot of weight to, like, how she, like, goes out in the end, I mm-hmm. guess, and how he won't abandon her. I, like where you're like, well, he, she can't be too bad if this guy is so loyal to her. So yeah, yeah. It was nice. Like I think we talked about this when we talked about Unicorn, but like how that series seemed to be very like differential to like OO seventy nine era or oh, whatever. Okay. Like had a lot of flashbacks to that. Like I really liked 
seeing flashbacks to like the Zeta era. Yeah, for yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, and like you know they had the the while Char was doing his big speech at Dakar, you know, like they showed you know stuff that was going on in the background of that, where you know Char's giving his big speech. You actually see like the Zeta like fly by in the background and stuff, and like I thought that was really cool. Was am I am I conflating things? Was 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 Iago supposed to be one of the guys that was in that battle in Shards Counterattack? Yeah, like Iago was supposed to be one of the guys who was like helping push Axis back. Right, that's, and that's that's why he yeah. refers back to when when they do the pendant. It's like me having my my age of enlightenment. I'm like, oh wait, the pendant, the T spear, like it's all it's all connected. It means something, even though I never figured out what it meant. Like I was always like showing my buddies. I'm like, can you watch Shark Counterattack? Can you tell me if I'm crazy? Like, <laughs> can you watch this, please? Like now I'm like I'm like, oh, the pendant, like it's 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 coming together. I think I think I understand now. Maybe sort of, <laughs> kind of like. I think... So you were basically, yeah, you were like Iago, where you were like, like I understand now, like this is that green light. Like, I'm, I'm sitting there like a yeah. madman, scribbling the blue cupcakes on the, the the floor and the ceiling and all over the fucking place with little quadratic equations and shit. Drawing a bunch of T's all over the place. T's like, and, and then and then and then they all they all the caveman T paintings all turn into the lockets and stuff, and they split and come back together and they act like funnels. You know? Yeah, but I like I I, I, I really like this movie, and I mean I can understand the criticisms of it, but like uh, you know in general I I thought it was really good. I think whenever you know the theme song started playing, like every in the everyone in the audience was all like pumped up and stuff, or like yeah, like you know and like yeah, did like you know it it had a good score. It reused some of the tracks from Unicorn, but like you know that that had a good score too, and they they were pretty appropriately used. So yeah. Yeah, I, I, I did enjoy it as well. I don't know if I'm, I'm... I think now I'm at that point where I'm starting to get priced out on all these exclusive Blu-rays and shit like that, so I don't know if I'm going to bite when they release this first, when it's going to be like a collector's edition and, you know, 150 bucks for, like, one movie or something like that. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. we'll see what happens. I did I did super enjoy this. I, I, was, I was tickled pink that I got to see Gundam in the theater, and I'm, I'm glad we both got to watch it so we could kind of, you know shoot the shit about it and everything I, I i definitely was excited for the experience like look i i honestly thought like i it was going to be like you said where it was i was going to be like maybe one in like seven people in the theater but like no they there was like a, a good like 50 people in there well so also it, also i was kind of like the back to what you said about I, i'm kind of i was kind of ecstatic that it was not a unicorn char origin type deal where it was just part one where i didn't have like back to the future 2 syndrome you know when i was watching it like where it's like it's like you're excited about it but then it's like to be continued and you're like oh you yeah. know what i mean like like i'm, I'm kind of super happy it's like I, yes it can lead into other stuff but i felt like i got a complete meal and i was like okay cool this is this is good this is this is nice did you did you stay till the end? To watch, I did. Like, I did. Hathaway's yeah, yeah. They, yeah, the they trailer. did the. Yeah, I, I saw the Hathaway's flash. I, I I think you posted that before, so I yeah, I, I had yeah, already it seen it. They already did. Like, yeah. it was nice to see it on like the big. Yeah, screen. on a big screen and everything. Yeah. Yeah, but man, that I mean, poor. I'm oh, like that poor fucking kid. Oh well. <laughs> so much for him. I don't I don't know exactly how it's gonna play out in the in the the, the film or whatever. But oh Jesus, I think. I think they said it's going to be a trilogy of films, okay. so 
Yeah, and like I know there's a like a novel series of like you know Hathaway's Flash, yeah. but yeah, it's like it's a it's kind of yeah. Like, I'm like I'm like spo- spoilers. It's not it's not a happy ending. No, like, <laughs> you're you're right. Like a a, a story a movie trilogy focusing on like one of, who is one of the most annoying characters in Gundam. Like even if he's an adult, like I think in it, like it, you know it it doesn't entice like anyone familiar, but. You know, maybe it'll maybe it'll be good. Like maybe we'll gain some sympathy for him or whatever. Yeah, you know, I you know anybody who had to put up with Quest's bullshit, you gotta have a little sympathy for it, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, come on. Well, see, it's like the the whole like, I guess like I I've I looked into it a little bit. Like I don't know the whole story, but it's kind of like like Hathaway is like obsessed with Quest's like memory. I guess. Yeah. Like, so. I'm kind of like, man, like, dude, like, get over her. Like, yeah, she was, she was that, well, that's the thing. She's a terrible person, but you can't get over that shit. It's 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 sad. I I I think I think I think we can all learn from from Hathaway. We can all not be as annoying and <laughs> stupid as Hathaway. We can all take a life lesson from that. You know, don't don't become a traitor just because you can't get over some some old squeeze who never liked you in the first place. You know. The one other thing I wanted to ask before we close this out is, like, what did you think of, like, I know you don't usually take a lot of notice of this, but what, do you, what did you think of, like, the, like, mecha design in this one? Like, like I feel like, like, the title Gundam, like, the narrative was, like, honestly, like, one of the, like, least memorable, like, suits in this you, movie. You know, what, like, you know what that reminded me of? Like, I kind of felt like, I mean, and this is, like you said, I, I'm, I'm horrible at, at keeping track of the suits and, and having opinions on them and everything but like what i kind of thought of it was like the narrative and then the the normal suit that that um yona had to wear for it like it kind of felt like the the narrative echoed like the armor stuff in stardust memory a bit for me you know where it had like all these pieces that slowly you know kind of got removed as it were and then the actual normal suit too because he was dealing with all these g-forces and all that other bullshit it was almost like you know you know how they had the the old diver suits where you had the 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 oxygen line connected to the boat like that's what it felt like and even when he had the funnels it was almost like the oxygen lines were still connected to the funnels so it felt like it's like he was it's like he was in one of those old school diver suits, but then everybody else was in like you know James Bond wetsuits with like snorkels and shit. You know what I mean? Like everybody else yeah, had like yep. the upgraded shit with the divers tanks, but he had like the old school one and was trying to hang with them. And that's why that's like when he was doing like the training exercises with all those guys from the Shazar unit. Like yeah. it was like he's like totally like huffing and huffing because he's like I got this big fucking diving suit on and and they all got like the skinny little fucking you know wetsuits and shit i think it was cool like in telling i guess like when the narrative kind of gets sliced to pieces at the end and then like the core fighter comes out of it and it kind of looks like an updated like core fighter from the original like rx-78 gundam and then like that gets shot down and then like yona jumps out of that and he like sheds the rest of like that new type stuff and then he's got a like you know kind of white normal suit that kind of looks like similar to like Amaro's like classic like suit almost like and, and that and that's when he finally gets into the Fenix basically where you know it's kind of like well now you're slimmed down and you're in the actual like you know yeah the actual like sort of title suit I guess even though you know it's called Gundam narrative but you know the unicorn 
unit is obviously like the special one. Yeah, I mean, and maybe it's just a superficial connection, but the the Fenix, because it's gold, kind of reminded me of the Hyaku Shiki. You know? Yeah. Like that's that's yep. kind of what I thought of. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I like it. I, I I do like its design and it, it the fe- the Fenix itself. Yeah, and like I like how they take the two big like shields on its back and it kind of gives it the silhouette like it has wings or whatever so but yeah and did you notice also that maybe you didn't in that first scene in that first like mobile suit fight scene where they have to go talk to your favorite person martha viss yeah like yona is using uh, i think it's called the deja which is the suit that Amaro uses oh, in Zeta? Okay, like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like when yeah. they when they start stepping on people and shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. Dude, so, the like, audience, I, I remember the audience had a reaction to that when they're like, "Damn," or whatever. When yeah, that when he just lands the guy on that just guy. got yeah. stepped on, yeah. yeah, yeah. At least we know that Martha Viss like kind of got her comeuppance. Basically, she was all disheveled and shit. Yeah, had no yeah. makeup on, and he was like, "Oh." Ah! Again, like yeah, when that guy gets stepped on, she's all like, ah! <laughs> I think it's called the Sinanju Stein, is what Zoltan flies. It's basically it's supposed to be a prototype of the Sinanju that Full Frontal uses, mm. like a unicorn. Okay. So, like it, you know, it kind of just looked like that, except it wasn't red. It didn't have like this commander spike on its head, and you know, it just kind of looked less like you know, like special. Like, which I, I guess is is thematically appropriate, considering Zoltan was like a failed Char clone, basically. You know the the. Uh, sorry, I'm I'm looking at these because I I can't. You know, you know me. I can't tell the difference between all this stuff. But <laughs> but what, the 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 Gira Zulu suits, like th- those were what reminded me of the Crossbone Vanguard. You know, because they kind of had that that gray knight looking type yeah, suit yeah. and the, the kind of spiky type stuff like I mean that that seemed to me like in other words th- th- those seemed like a proper bridge between say you know Char's counterattack and F91 you know what I mean like where I was like oh th- th- those kind of I don't know they, they kind of made sense to me like that, that that somehow that suit somehow evolved into you know what what the crossbone vanguard would ultimately use or something like that yeah they kind of they kind of look like like sort of like nazi stormtroopers yeah 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 or something yeah like they they, i feel like the gas mask like theme from like the original zaku is even more pronounced Mm, okay yeah Yeah. but yeah so i mean i think i think we both like this and uh Hopefully, hopefully it will be made available in some affordable format, like eventually. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it probably will be. I mean, at this point, like I, I think I've kind of learned my lesson. Like I may, I may just wait until they have a, you know, standard non-collectors version of it before I pull the trigger. But yeah, I, I, I did like this and, and thought it was a, a good movie. And and you know, unfortunately, it's like you know, it was the one night only. So if you if you missed out, you you didn't see it but i think me and mike are saying that it's still worth checking out when when it's finally available for you to either you know stream or 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 watch or or get a blu-ray of or what have you but yeah it was a lot of fun hey this is mike with another fan holes figure that 
Today I'm going to be talking about the Robot Damashi Unicorn Gundam Unit 3, aka Phoenix. Even though it's not the titular mobile suit, it's probably the star of the recent Gundam narrative movie that was released in theaters. It's the so-called third unicorn brother after the unicorn and the banshee. And this toy represents the Phoenix in its Gundam or destroy mode. So it's got the familiar Gundam face and exposed psycho frames instead of the restrained unicorn configuration. This uses the same mold as the recent Banshee and Unicorn 2.0 molds for Robot Damashi, so if you're familiar with those, you know pretty much what you're getting. It's got the standard high articulation of the Robot Damashi line. You can get this guy into some crazy poses thanks to this articulation, which includes an ab crunch, ankle tilts, and, you know, gen generally anything you'd want to make a Gundam look dynamic. It comes with some of the standard accessories that the Unicorn mold has had in the past, like four Beam Saber hilts, uh, two that plug into the backpack, and two that are on a swinging mechanism on the forearm so you can directly deploy a Beam Saber without having to detach it. It comes with two Beam Saber blades and the iconic Beam Magnum that Unicorn usually uses, although the Fenix doesn't use it in the movie. Four sets of hands, uh, open hands, closed hands, uh, gun shooting hands, and beam saber wielding hands, so that's always nice. And some new parts, which I will discuss. Uh, the first is a new, unique uh, V-fin, or, you know, head crest for the Gundam. The Fenix's V-fin looks kind of almost like feathery, which I guess is appropriate since its theme is a bird or a phoenix. It also comes with two of the enhanced shields that the Banshee Norn had one of. And these two enhanced shields are slightly altered, so they have a sort of tail that is kind of reminiscent of like the Gundam Epion's heat rod coming out the end of them. I guess the official technical term for them are Armed Armor DEs. And you can attach them to the Fenix's forearms with two included connector pieces. However, they are intended to go on the Fenix's backpack with an extra attachment part that is included. When they're plugged via ball joint into this attachment part, they give the impression of wings on the Gundam, which is of course, again, appropriate considering its theme is a phoenix. The attachment plugs in securely into the Phoenix's backpack, however, the ball joints holding the shields on are a bit weak. You can use some super glue to touch that up, but unless you are really rough with it, they'll stay in any pose you put them in, but they're, they are heavy and the ball joints might wear out over time. However, you can't deny that it makes the Fenix look awesome in certain poses, especially when you try to put it in a flying pose or some kind of angelic pose. If you haven't seen it before, the Fenix is colored bright gold with its exposed psycho frames as a shiny kind of blue, and it makes for a striking look. The paint is actually pretty polished and shiny, so it doesn't look flat at all. It just looks impressive no matter how you pose it, and especially so if you put it next to its brothers, the Unicorn and the Banshee. As usual, the Robot Damashi line is a bit expensive, and I ended up paying about 60 bucks for this on Amazon, and I only bought it because I had some Amazon credit. So you kind of have to keep your budget in mind and whether you really, really like this suit. And honestly, I do. It looks awesome, and after having seen Narrative, like, I, I have a connection to this suit now, and I really like it. Although, if you want to complete its functionality, you'd probably have to wait for the Unicorn Mode Fenix to be released, and that's probably going to be another 60 bucks. so choose wisely, I guess, or, or if you've got the cash to burn, buy both of them. 
But in general, I recommend the Robot Damashi Fenix. It's a great figure with great playability that looks great displayed anywhere. Again, the only thing keeping me from completely recommending it is the cost. But if you can afford it, and you really liked narrative, then I'd suggest you go out there and become a bird. This is Mike with another... Alright, so I guess that wraps things up for tonight's episode of Mobile Suit Mondays. If you have any comments, questions, and or concerns, you can reach us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. In addition to Mobile Suit Mondays, we've got plenty of other shows here on the Fanholes Podcast Network. We've got our proper Fanholes show. We've got Comics Motherfucker, Do You Read Them, where we talk about comic books. We've got Big in Japan, where we talk about anime. We've got Mobile Suit Mondays, Toku Thursdays, Sentai Saturdays, Transformers Tuesdays, Justice Not Entirely Dissimilar to Lightning, a Thunderbolts podcast. We are on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram. We are on Facebook. We appreciate all the likes, retweets, shares, hearts, feedback, and all that good stuff. And we can be streamed on Stitcher Radio, and we can be found on iTunes. So, thanks for listening, and until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, Gundam Launching, signing off. Hey, it's Mike, and yes, Rita, I shall become a bird. I shall become a bird. 18 years, and the phoenix is still fresh.
I, I feel like that's like, dude, it's it's like that, that scene in Pulp Fiction where it's like, you know, my girlfriend's a vegetarian, so pretty much, you know, I'm a vegetarian too. It's like, it's like <laughs> so, so this girl I like wants to be reincarnated as a bird. So pretty much that means I want to be reincarnated as a bird too. <laughs> that's what that means. <laughs> you can't just be like, no, I want to be reincarnated as a lion, dog. Like, no, no, no. You're no. just like, no, pretty much I want to be reincarnated as a bird too, you know? That's what that means. No, no, dog. Yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> uh, 